Welcome back, my beautiful people. You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I'm Lex, your host, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with David Priera. If you will, please tell everyone who you are, what you do, and um, just introduce yourself to everyone so they can get to know you a little bit before we dive into our topic. Hey, Alexis. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is David Pereira. I am a military veteran, Navy combat veteran. I am the owner of a high-end personal training gym located in North Jersey named Phoenix. I am the creator of the Beyond Fitness program. My job is to lead people every day and coach people to be the better version of themselves by using practices and principles taught to me by the military. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So y'all today we are going to be talking about how the topic of how you do one thing is how you do everything, which I think David would be a perfect person to have this conversation with because I mean, with your military background, I'm sure you, your life is probably just so structured and put together and stuff. And we were kind of just talking before we started recording um, and about how everyone kind of thinks you need to be motivated all the time to do things. And there's some things that we just typically aren't motivated to do. And so I'd love to get your take on this and how you handle it and work with your clients and stuff. So I'll kind of just let you take it away um, since the book yeah. is on your idea list of topics. And I just saw it and love the idea. So yeah. um, kind of go into what, how you handle this kind of situation with doing things um, the same and everything you do. Yeah. So let's break that down a little bit. Right. Yeah. And we talk about the idea and the essence of motivation and yes, anybody who's looking for motiv- motivation is like, it's great to be led by some, you know, some motivation. It's great to almost feel inspired uh, by certain things, but it's, it's earned over time, right? You're not always going to be motivated to do certain things. And once you earn the motivation to do or set out to do certain things, like you understand that that now becomes organic, that becomes part of the fabric of what you do. And I break it down to this very simple principle, like no one wakes up excited to brush their teeth, but you know, you got to brush your teeth, right? Like you weren't motivated to brush your teeth at any point in your life, but you know, you have to, because it's better for you to the point where now you're like, you go crazy if you don't brush your teeth, right? (laughs) Or, you know, whatever. So that's the same thing as it applies to things that people feel like they need to be motivated to do, you know, i.e. schedule something, send that email, uh, read, write, work out, lose weight, eat better, right? Those things are foreign to you, right? As brushing your teeth were one day. And once you start to do it, you start to add that repetition, you start to add that. So when I give this idea that motivation is earned it's because you have to kind of have that mental approach that eventually it will be something that's easy right and it's no longer that i need to be motivated to do it or motivated to act now that doesn't stay like we can't search for inspiration when we you know hear someone's story or we see what someone's been through or we listen to a podcast or something like that like a lot of people want to be inspired to act but the motivation aspect behind it is just definitely something that really is short-lived, right? And, and banking on that to get anything done is uh, also, <laughs> it's going to be very hard to right. live that kind of like uh, perpetual life. For sure. So I'm curious to see what you think about like habits, like being motivated to build a habit. I know that there's a thing out there that says like it takes 21 days or something like that to build a habit. What, mm-hmm. is, your, what is your opinion on that when it comes to being motivated enough to do it for that long to make it a habit, if that makes sense? Yeah, this is going to be, I mean, I have a couple of opinions on it, but this, this, this first statement that I'm going to make is, is going to be so like boring. It's not sexy at all, but 
at the end of the day, like we're all adults, right? Like you're all adults, right? So when it comes to like thinking that it's going to take 21 days to build a habit or 90 days to build a habit, like get up and fucking do it and do it every day. No one cares how you feel. You shouldn't care how you feel, especially if it's important to you. That's one. The second thing is anytime I'm working with clients who do need to um, instill habits, you know, start with better approaches and everything like that. I, I go by the way of doing um, habit coupling, right. Or um, just kind of bunching them together. So finding something that you want to be doing and doing it with something that you already do. Right. So That's let's make this super specific. Yeah. Awesome. Right. So like clients who like have a hard time, let's call it, you know, uh, drinking water, right. Like I'm just like, okay, well, you need to have at least a bottle of water before or after you eat, right? Like, I know I'm going to eat. So in, in essence, I can just start to do that. And before you know it, you'll start to do, you know, have more water um, without even thinking. Same thing with steps, right? Like we all talk about like getting steps in, living this active life. Okay, before you eat, go walk for 10 minutes. I don't care if it's around your house. I don't care if it's around your block. Before you eat, that kind of gets you ready to go ahead and do that. And this is something that like, I'm starting to couple these habits together. And that can be the same as, you know, reading and writing, right? Or working out and running or whatever the case may be, whatever you actually want to get better at, there's something that you can attach it to that you're not thinking about um, because your day is so mindless that uh, will help you, right? But don't also think that you're going to go from zero to a hundred, right? Like that expectation is also where people kind of shoot themselves in the foot, right? right? And not wanting to suck at something or not wanting to be, um, looked at as uh, starting from the bottom, you know, and yeah. that's usually what um, disrupts someone's ability to form a habit is the optics. I totally agree. And I used to have that mindset with a lot of things. Like I felt like I couldn't start doing something until I was perfect at it. And mm-hmm. I like so many people have that mindset. And I did an episode with another person um, a few weeks ago. So if you guys like haven't listened to it, go listen to the perfectionist perfectionist episode I could talk today (laughs) um but we hold ourselves to such a standard and like we keep ourselves like on this pedestal so therefore we think oh if we try to do it or start doing it even like if you want to start like I don't know more active like if you want to start playing tennis or something like Mm -hmm. you think you have to be perfect at it but like on the first time you go in there and that's just not ideal that's never going to happen with anything when you're first starting out so I feel like what you're saying about having this mindset of doing things to a certain standard, we kind of need mm-hmm. to like let that go of ourselves, like give ourselves a break and like allow us the time to learn the process of doing it, especially when it comes yeah. to health and fitness and like working out yes. and better and cooking recipes and things like that <laughs> takes time. Yes. And I definitely use two E's um, when it comes to these things. And you said it about learning uh, it's one part exposure and it's one part education. Right? Yeah. When you are exposed to it, you can become aware of whatever that thing is, right? Or uh, hyper aware of what that thing is, right? Uh, let's call it fitness. If I'm exposed to fitness, I know different modalities of fitness. I know different templates of fitness. I know what works for some people, what works for others. I'm exposed to it. Uh, when it comes to education side, like this is where I feel like some people might uh, limit themselves because the more you have to educate yourself on something, the more you uh, actively submit to how much you don't actually know about it, right? So, so those two things, uh, I'm forced by, you know, being in an environment where I'm exposed and now I need to learn about it. Oh, and I, I don't really know too much about it. Those two things allow me to like add to my toolbox and allow me to add to the habits that I could potentially, you know, uh, you know, create. And then also like 
these outputs that I can essentially get from the work that I'm putting in, right? Awareness and then uh, education. But if you're mindless in your approach, right? Like, and you're passive and I'm not aware like about, you know, what, what's going on, right? Like I'm a trainer and clients who, you know, I can have and still don't, they don't know how to deadlift because they don't like care to know. But once I fix them, they know how to do it. Like every session is a first session kind of thing. Uh, that, that's the exposure, right? I'm not aware. But if I tell them to teach me how to do it, right? And that education, they lack the education of it. That's another aspect of it. But those two things coupled together, exposure and education, if you want to get better at habit formation, or if you want to get better at anything, those two things are essential into your oh. equation. Those are a lot of E's right there, essential equation. Alliteration. <laughs> yeah. I love that you kind of flipped the switch with the education piece. Because when you first said mm -hmm. education, I kind of thought, oh, okay, therefore, like reaching out, learning more material. I didn't think of it in a sense of, oh, there's a lot of, part of, the, a lot of parts of that that I don't know already. But I feel like mm -hmm. that's almost more of the subconscious part of our brains thinking that like, <laughs> which controls like 90% of like the stuff we think about that we just yeah. unconsciously do. But I think it's a different way of looking at things. And that's really our ego taking control. Yeah. And like our ego just like can't handle that fact, knowing that we're not good enough at something quite yet. Um, mm -hmm. so therefore we steer clear from it. Cause it's like, we don't want to not be good at something like as human beings, we want to be the best at everything we do. We're competitive by nature. Um, mm -hmm. so I really like that you flipped that switch. Cause I did, wasn't even thinking about it that way mm -hmm. when you first said it. Yeah. Just think about it. Obviously. I mean, you're, you're going all in on nutrition, right? Like when right. you started learning about it, it's not like, oh, I'm learning this and I'm like existing in this environment. You're like learning and you're like, wow, I, there's a lot that I don't know, right? In order for me to get better, I need to be able to put that, you know, in my backpack and kind of go with it. But I also think like what you said from the ego standpoint, like a lot of people from, from using their ego are focused on the output, right? Focused on the end result, not um, aware and observant to the input, right? The amount of work that it requires or the consistent work that it requires and so on and so forth. So that is like, yeah, the mindset of like, I don't want to suck at this. I don't want to let somebody know I suck at this. I want it to be perfect. I want to actually be better than perfect before I actually even start. Like, right. Yeah. That's, that's your ego all the way. And I feel like that's a big thing that like us coaches, like you have clients and everything. I, and there's a few coaches that listen to my podcast. I know for a fact, cause I've talked to them, but like, I feel like we too, once we learn something, cause with my whole story, when I first started getting into my health journey, I got into it the wrong way. As so many people do, I fell into eating disorder dependencies and things along those lines. And so it's almost like you have to admit that you were wrong too. When you start to learn that education piece, because me looking back, I was so adamant about what I was doing to lose weight was what I was mm -hmm. supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, I was struggling with anorexia and bulimia and like, that's not where we want to, we, we want to teach people. Right. And so therefore, whenever I started to uncover like what was really going on and like learning the actual pieces, getting into classes with nutrition and studying, it took a lot out of me to like talk to my parents about it and be like, I was so wrong about everything that I was doing. Cause again, going back to human nature, we hate being wrong. And yes. so I think that's a big thing that has to do with, especially if you're going into a profession where like a coach and stuff, like it takes a lot of, like, it kind of bruises your ego a little bit, but like, you'll get over it and yes. learn for the better. But I think that's a big thing that you have to like, take that leap to accept the fact that you can be wrong about some things. And there's a lot of things out there that you don't know. And that if you just give yourself some time to learn it, you're only mm -hmm. going to be better in the long run. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So like if you are a client and you're working with a coach and if you're a coach um, in general, like this is, I just want to give some context to what I'm about to say. It's like, you definitely want to approach it in the sense of you want to have the awareness first to whatever it is that you're about to undertake, whether it's called like you're a client, you're about to do nutritional protocol, you're about to start to be in the gym. Uh, if you're a coach and you're about to onboard a client, like you need, and you need to understand their lifestyle, you need to build awareness before anything. Like you can't be the answer. You can't be the solution before you know any of that stuff. And you can't be the solution as a, as a client or, you know, find the solution as a client if you are not aware of your own tendencies, right? That's the first part. The second part is obviously then the education, right? Like once I'm aware, the education just bridges that gap, how much I didn't know, right? And how much I need to know to eventually be there. Then, and only then you can start the application process of it, right? How do I apply these things to my life given the newfound information that I know from my education and given, you know, my lifestyle, right? Given the awareness audit that I happen to do, right? So if you find yourself in that ecosystem as being either the client or being uh, the coach, like those are, that's probably the route, best suited route in order to actually get some, something that's sustainable, but something that's more of impact. However, <laughs> it's a very slow, tedious process in which, you know, we're, we're in the microwave society. So <laughs> people don't want to do things that way. Right. So, uh, so, but definitely don't fall into that trap. The only reason why I think I became hyper aware and um, hyper vigilant of these things is because uh, as a business uh, owner, and I had my own coaches and I had my own mentors, like once you step into it and you step into these roles, like you are forced to kind of teach yourself these things, forced to like become more aware and study other people and what would they do and so on and so forth. So I was basically able to kind of like self-educate, but also be in that uh, client role, right. From, uh, for my mentors, right. Or be in that client role for my own coaches, right. That, that would help me. Right. And then it just becomes that experience, right. I'm able to now translate that and apply that to my clients and approach and um, our protocols and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I, I can completely relate to that. Cause I always tell all my clients and like, even if you follow me on Instagram and stuff, you know, like I was a client before I was a coach. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that whole process just like, it like the education piece of it like you learn what it's like to be on the client side and as well it's only going to make your business and your coaching style um that much more relatable and better for the long run really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure and then that's where uh you know this is where the awareness and the education obviously the application start to uh, become super important right and that's what you know today's topic is right how you do one thing is how you do everything and you will start to see once you do an audit on someone's lifestyle, like you can make connections on things that uh, they otherwise wouldn't have, right? You can make connections on things that they would have overlooked, right? And if you start uh, too soon, right? If you are solution-based and, you know, you, you give a program before you know how this person eats, sleeps, lives, works out, like, um, you are, you're going to miss some of that important information, right? Structural information. So it's at the time where I do the audit on most clients' lives, right? Figure out what their, their daily habits are, their lifestyle is without actually implementation of anything other than working out and probably conversation. Um, you, I start to look at work-life balance, work-life stress management, uh, what's their nutrition like, what's their relationship with their own nutrition, what's their relationship in their household slash their ecosystem, right. uh, what's their lifestyle like, you know, on their most active days and what they consider active what's their uh, rest days look like, stuff like that. And then I can start to piece together 
kind of what you know they probably miss and are become will become important parts to our program down the line and then also things that they would have never thought was part of it yeah right? so let me give you an example that's like you know the client who wants to lose weight right and they are you know they're gung-ho they're zero to 100 let's call it motivated and they come in and they're like just give me the give me the things that i need to work on right give me the, just tell me what i need to eat tell me what i need to do and more more or less this is probably the person that also has like poor you know stress management right uh probably doesn't get good sleep right ah. um but those those two things right they can be uh there's a correlation between the two right your stress and your sleep or your lack of sleep therefore then your nutrition is probably sucky Yep. And, and therefore your workouts probably suck, right? And therefore yep. your recovery probably sucks. So this is where we can kind of draw the line between all these things and connect all these dots. Whereas instead of being so like, uh, let me just fix one of these symptoms, let's, let's fix the root, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like how I can do that. And that can be um, across the board, right? Some people think that they're uh, productive when they're just busy, right? Some people think they're organized when they're just like, uh, just overscheduled, right? Like, you know, so I have it's, located it's, both of those. So I totally, yeah, <laughs> I totally hear it. And, and I used to, I feel like whenever I would, I would pack my schedule so full of stuff. Like I would do back to back client meetings over and mm -hmm. over and I would not space it out to where like I could actually let myself breathe a little bit. And I would always say like, Oh, I'm so productive. Like I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. And like, really when I was taking a step back and looking at the big picture, I was like wearing myself so thin that I was not sleeping properly because I'd go to bed thinking like I'd get right off of a client call, then try to go to bed, but yet my brain still all turned on. I didn't do like a nighttime routine that like I now do to like calm myself down and everything. And so it's, it's, you have to look at the big picture of your entire lifestyle. That's why like mm -hmm. whatever people like ask to work with me and like we're talking about what we would potentially do together. I don't really say like, okay, it's not like a diet. Like we're not changing your diet. We're literally going to work on your healthy lifestyle. Like that's, mm -hmm. you can't change one thing and not the rest and expect to see results. It's just not going to yes. work. Yeah. And, and that's putting the cart before the horse, right? Like a yeah. lot of people just, and it's, it's, I think we're at like a injunction point, inflection point, one of the two, yeah. um, where we are, right? Like, I think a lot of it is, um, generational right fitness over the past 20 years is becoming a thing and it's more it's more of a thing right a household thing like you know parents now want their kids to work out but two generations past uh that wasn't a thing right for for a majority of the population so we're we're at a point in which uh there's a lot of misinformation old research netflix series and documentaries right uh that us as uh who are in it and living it and teaching it have to uh, communicate uh, effectively to an older generation, let's call it like my mom's generation, um, and also make sure that we uh, combat to the, to the younger generation who's like seeing everything on like TikTok and Instagram and they look cool, so I need to be doing it, right? So we're at a very interesting point in which we need to be able to communicate these things and how to properly get there because their perception of how they get there is wrong, right? Or oh. they're, they're, they, the misinformation out there led you to believe that this is what you should be doing, right? Yeah. And that's why if you're doing something continuously on your own and you're not getting the results that you want, you know, you have to seek out the people that will help you or, you know, guide you through that. And that's where having a coach is super important. Oh my gosh, 100%. And like going back to the whole generational thing, like I remember growing up 
and my mom talking about Atkins. She was always on Atkins diet. Like, <laughs> you know, like that was like the yeah. big thing. Now it's keto. And then, but there's also like this whole movement on social media of like body positivity stuff going through. And so it's like mm-hmm. over the different generations, there's like a bunch of just such big misconceptions. And like you said, getting a coach is key because if they're going to help you figure out what you need for your body, because mm-hmm everybody's unique. And so therefore you're mm-hmm. all going to need different things. Some people might need 2,500 calories. You might need 1800 calories. You might need to be doing this type of weight training this many times a week while someone else needs more cardio hit type works out. Like you never know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's when it comes back to the whole educate, educating yourself and like asking mm-hmm. for help too. That's a big thing as well with your ego is like asking for help. Cause therefore like yeah. whenever you ask for help, you're admitting that you don't know mm-hmm. what, um, what you need to be doing and back to the whole ego thing. Like, yeah. you get over that. <laughs> and for clients like who potentially listening to this or anybody who's thinking about like hiring a coach, like whoever you hire or whoever you're currently with, like it's that coach's job to eventually put you in a position to build self-efficacy, right? They shouldn't okay. be holding all the skills to them to use you forever unless there's a, you know, good relationship and that person just genuinely wants that, but building self-efficacy, the ability to do it on your own. And now in doing it on your own, that coach needs to prepare you and teach you sort of, you know, how to do these things. And I put some bonus on obviously being a good coach and having a system and a program that allows you to do that and eventually allows your client to flourish. Scary thought because it seems like you're never, you know, you're losing money or something like that probably. But then the other uh, emphasis is on the client to ask the right questions, right? And to think about uh, what they should be doing or it's their coach's job, right? You hired them for a service. And also like ask, is there research behind what you're saying, right? Because um, I'm not gonna lie, hiring just any coach isn't also going to be, you know, um, be like a, the best suit, right? Like people shop around for doctors, people shop around for like hairstylists, people like why not shop around for coaches who are going to find you um, the best information and the best service that you're looking for. So if you're a client in that position, just make sure that, or a potential client, make sure that things are coming out and they're backed by research, not Netflix. Oh and God. if you're obviously a coach, uh, don't be dogmatic in your approach, right? Everybody doesn't need to, you know, be a gym bro like you. Um, but make sure that you also too uh, research everything, right? Or know everything because uh, that's also part of being in the space, uh, which I've been having like the past month, like having like this headache with seeing like some of this bad stuff that's out there and misinformation yeah. from people who are in the field. And I'm yeah. like, Ugh, oof, like I just throw my phone. Yeah, it's frustrating whenever you see like someone who actually is looked at as like an like an inspirational type coach that actually knows what they're talking about. They're throwing out all this stuff and you're just like, wait a minute, hold on. You're just using this to make money off of people. And that's not fair. Um, and that's like one thing too. It's like, whenever I first talk to my clients, it's like, I love working with you. I love this, but like the goal is to not have you working with me forever. Like mm-hmm. the goal is I will be your last health coach and you can do this on your own after we mm-hmm separate and walk away from each other. If you want to keep me updated and stuff, obviously, Hey, I'm here. Shoot me a text. But the goal is to not work together forever. Like the goal is to get you Mm -hmm. on your own. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of people come in and they just think, Oh, you're just going to do it for me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I wish there was a light switch that I could flip to get you to your goals. But like, I physically cannot do it for you. All I can do is guide you 
tell you what you need to be doing and get you to a certain point to where it finally clicks for you. And you're like, Oh, okay, this is what I need mm-hmm. to be doing. I see the results. Cause most of the time people get super, they're really motivated when they first sign up and then it kind of drops. And then once they start to see those first results, then they get really motivated again. And then they yes. hit a plateau and then they get really motivated again when they see results. So it's like, it's a roller coaster ride, but like that's, that's life. And that's like yeah. any, any health journey is going to be up and down. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. even as coaches with us, ours is like that too. Like n- nothing's a straight uphill climb. Like it's mm-hmm. all over the place, ups and downs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, educating yourself too. And like making sure that your coach has the credentials that needed, they need to have. And they have the education and background to be able to help you in the way that you want to be helped. Cause there's so many different types of coaches out there too. People's, mm-hmm. Um, being a specialized in certain areas and everything. So figuring out what works best for you is key. And I promise you as, as a coach, like you're not going to offend anyone. If you're like, I think I found a coach that's a better suit for us because in the long run, we want you to do what's best for you so that you can reach your goals. And like, that's what any coach should, his main goal should be. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, and this is, there's more value to, uh, knowing, um, what's in your skill set and what's in within your expertise as a coach. So like, I know some coaches who might be getting started and um, you know, it might be scary or daunting to refer someone out, but I've revert dozens upon dozens of clients who are outside of my skill set, my scope of practice or the amount of like time I can invest into them yeah. out to other people. Right. Like whether that be, you know, uh, sports and performance, like diet and nutrition, like, people who actually needed, you know, certain things that were just outside of one, my time of investment or my skill set. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like of those people, I would say 80% of them sent me another client. Like, yeah. They were like, Oh, thanks for like, not like, you know, taking my money, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, or putting me in, in the hands of X, Y, Z. And then they were like, by the way, you know, this person. Right. And I'm like, great. You know, so definitely don't be, you know, reluctant to ever do something like that, uh, especially because you'll just make yourself more miserable with, uh, <laughs> with having something that you can't uh, actually deliver. Right. For sure. And like, this goes out to like all the coaches out there and stuff too that are listening. But like, if you do a coaching, coaching call or like a consultation, or you meet with a client for the first time and stuff, if you feel like it's not a good fit and that it's not going to work, like, don't be afraid to say, like, I think, like, don't, just because there's money there, don't be afraid to let it go. Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of coaches get stuck in that cycle where it's just like, oh, I just want more clients. I just want more clients. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big thing that it needs to, like, stop, in my opinion, <laughs> um, yeah. that you need to do what's best for the client. And if you genuinely think that, like, it's just not going to be a good fit, um, I don't know if the vibes are just off or like something's just not there. Like, don't bring them on as a client. You don't have to. There's no one. There's nothing they're saying. You have to bring them on as a client. Um, and I think that's a lot of things that coaches need to realize too. Is that just make it work. It's got to work for both of you. If, if working together yeah. make you miserable, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's instant gratification as a coach, right? And oh, just right. trying to, um, you know, teeter and balance that. You know that. Um, that should I do it? Should I not? Or is this going to be a learning experience? Of course, that person looks at you and comes at you as a subject matter expert of whatever it is that they want to do. But that doesn't now crown you (laughs) a subject matter expert at whatever they came there for. Exactly. Definitely knowing, you know, your your wheelhouse and knowing where you're able to kind of um, invest the time because you want you to take that person's money or once you uh, allow that person to sign on, that is an investment, right? And that is a uh, time and mind investment that you have to now just continue to just um, deliver and deliver and deliver. And um, you're going to make yourself crazy. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I kind of want to dive into the topic a little bit more going into Mm -hmm. everything about how you do one thing is Mm -hmm. how you do everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. And going back to the specifics of like what we said at the beginning with like even brushing your teeth and stuff. So Mm -hmm. what would be like kind of an example for, so I'm trying to just like get an idea of like where you're kind of going with this topic, but like, are you talking about the way you journal in the morning is the same way you're going to work out in the gym? And like, how does that Mm -hmm. whole mindset work? Yeah. Like, so I would like to think I'm a, I'm a pretty good athlete, right. And wrestling and football are like my forte that doesn't make me a good golfer. Right. So, so, right. Like, so how, how you do one thing, it isn't as that black and white of how I do everything. I'm not just going to pick that up. Right. But uh, when it comes to certain connections that I want to make in my life, like let's talk about the person who is, who is getting started with fitness and we've all seen them as coaches and as clients, we've potentially all been there, but the zero to a hundred person, Oh, yeah. right? They are like, I'm going to run my head through a wall and I'm going to have a new body by tomorrow, right? Like we, we know that person, right? And that person more times than not do that at something else, right? Like whether it's their own personal passion project, I'm going to write a book or I'm going to take this course or I'm going to learn Spanish, right? They are very gung-ho. They order everything off Amazon that they need and they never touch it again, yep. right? <laughs> so it's, so it's, 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 it varies definitely on uh, person to person in case to case visit situations. But what I also use to kind of help me um, identify those things or potential markers or red flags is finding out what that person's limiting beliefs are, right? Like finding out kind of like what I like to call because it's just more psychologically um, impactful is like what lies are you telling yourself? Like limiting beliefs, that's, that's like, that sounds fluffy. I wanna make it like sting. Like what is the lie that you're telling yourself? And that's when people are able to say like, shit, I think I, I tell everybody I'm busy. I tell everybody I'm productive, but in actuality, I'm, my screen time is three hours. You know what I mean? Like wow. I'm really like on my phone the whole time. Right. And when you identify that person's limiting belief, let's call it like where their attention is going, which is actually to their phone. And now they're pressed for time. I'm like, okay, well, what else are you not doing? Well, when we talked about preparing your meals on maybe Sunday and you told me that you didn't have any time, Let's figure out why you don't have any time. Write down what your Sunday was like. And then you, like, you start to find all these gaps. You start yeah. to find all these things that they too don't know where their time has gone, right? They too can't account for these time gaps, right? And it's so mindless, right? But it's only like when you actually do an audit on someone's life and you inspect it and you investigate, um, but you also do the hard work, right? Of like keeping people accountable and holding them accountable to you know, what they say they're going to do. So I use that to necessarily find out what that is. And I do a simple exercise that one of my coaches had put me through and literally just go into a mirror and <laughs> spend two minutes quietly with yourself and just ask yourself out loud, like, what lies are you telling yourself? And like, shit pours out. Like, I was like, yeah, man, like, I, there was a lot of stuff that I needed to work on, you know, financially, spiritually, like, and I was like, wow, like, there was a lot of things that I needed to do. And then it's also like, we work that into their program, right? And that's where the habit formation starts to come in. Uh, your limiting belief is only going to be dissipated once we start to uh, show you a version of the truth, right? Or show you a version of what is possible. And, um, and that's kind of like how it all comes full circle. Uh, and, and not only being able to identify like what this person does and where it goes into the other life, but it's also, it just comes down to self-optimization. Am I able to like actually... Uh, change, right? Am I able to actually um, uh, uh, improve over time? 
And it becomes by investigating and doing this hard work where it's very structural. It's very foundational. And putting anything on top of that nutritional protocol, diet regimen, um, you know, uh, exercise regimen, any kind of like strength block, like all this other stuff, like yeah. it's going to collapse in time, right? Or that person's going to end up at some place, let's call it their goal weight or their goal strength or physique and not know how the fuck they got there or yeah. not know how to keep it, right? And that's like, that's again, putting the cart before the horse, like not actually preparing these people for what they need. Yeah. And that's exactly why we see so many people reach their goals and then go all the way back to the very beginning, like three months, six months later, however long. And then, then people start over at the beginning and they're frustrated with themselves and they get down on themselves even more. And then they try to start the whole cycle over a year later. And I don't know. I just, I, I completely agree with the whole setting. It's like building a concrete foundation for it and then mm -hmm. building on top of it. Cause if you don't have that concrete foundation, it's like you said, it's going to, it's going to crash and burn. I've literally had clients doing awareness for like a month, two months at a time before we even talk about nutrition, right? Before we even talk about anything, we can just talk about like hydration steps and your workouts, like until then stress management, like that is the hard work, but it comes from being a confident coach potentially yeah. to help communicate that and articulate that in a way that allows the person to be like, okay, like, I, I believe you that this is how I'm going to get there. And if you ask every rational and logical person as a client, do they want, you know, long-term sustainable goals or do they want fast and not know how they got there? They're always going to check the block of long sustainable goals. Right. And then when there can, comes any, like um, any disconnect in the programming, all you have to do is say, Hey, didn't you want it to be sustainable? Yeah. Well, let me make sure I, you know, communicate like, this is how we need to do it. That's like, we're not going back to the drawing board. This is what you signed up for. Yeah. Right? And so like, don't promise anything that, you know, you can't keep and don't promise anything that's not sustainable. So, you know, getting that person to that goal weight in fucking six weeks, probably not sustainable. I mean, uh -huh. wedding ready probably, and they don't care afterwards because they don't need to fit in the dress. Okay. That's cool. But <laughs> there's certain trade-offs to what you want your goal to be and what you, um, uh, what you think they should be. And that, and that's, that's a big communication um, tool for a coach and that puts emphasis on the uh, coach. But if you can, if you can win that in your head and win that between the, um, between the client, then, then you become an asset to that client. You're able to kind of uh, get, get their buy-in a little bit more, but this also allows the client to see that their goals should also be evolving, right? You step into nutrition, you step into fitness um, though. You might have a superficial goal of, you know, weight loss or aesthetics, when you get to that point, or even before you get to that point, you have to understand like, all right, what is my next goal? Stay here forever or improve slightly or sign up for a race that's going to challenge my fitness. Like, what is my next goal? I can't just show up there and think I'm going to stay there, right? Um, and if that is my goal, did I, if I do want to stay here forever, what does it take to keep this for the next decade? Right. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Now that, as you're saying that, it reminded me of um, a Matthew McConaughey quote that – I think, I don't remember where he said it or when he said it, but it was like, people ask, he, people ask him all the time um, who his hero is. And he would always say his hero was his future self. And mm -hmm. so he would be like, okay, so like my hero is me in 10 years. And then like 10 years later, they're like, okay, your hero, like now who's your hero? He's like my hero 10 years from now. And so it's always his future self because he's always growing and always building on top of it. So you can't expect to have all these goals. And then one day it's just like, poof, I'm, mm -hmm. 
what I wanted in my life. You, you've got to keep evolving and changing and cause you're, you're going to get stagnant and you're going to get bored. So therefore change mm-hmm. it up. And I love talking about that with, um, fitness, especially because, um, when I was running a lot, like I considered myself a runner, like I was going like seven miles almost every single day. Like I loved it. And so therefore I was like, I'm a runner. Like, that's what I like to do. And then I got into weight training and then I was like, wow, okay, wait, no, this is a game changer. I love weight training. And, but then I felt guilty because I was like, well, I can't call myself a runner anymore because I'm weight training too. And so then I was like, no, wait, I can still be a runner and do weight training. I can just shift my goals with what I'm trying to do. So rather than the distance and the mileage, maybe I'll try for new PRs this week. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you can always adjust those type of goals and stuff. And I feel like so many people get stuck in this mindset of like, I said, I'm going to do this. So Mm -hmm. therefore I have to do this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you can do that, but you can also adjust, pivot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and let's go back to what we were talking about, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Uh, If you're that client and you get to that goal and you, your plan is to stay there, like where else in your life have you stopped progressing? Right? Like, your career, your relationships, your finances, your investing, like your, your passion projects, like where have you stopped? Right. And, and that's too, like what I make a a connection between like, um, you know, and I challenge people, not, not in a bad way. And, but I challenge them like, you know, what are you doing at work? How do you get better at work? How do you get, how do you become the alpha in the room? How do you get to the next level? And, you know, some people either decide I don't want to be okay. Well then like your fitness goals are going to be somewhat, you know, parallel to that, but that's okay. But long as you are aware of like, there's other things in your life that you're kind of making the same decisions for uh, with you, you know, consciously and unconscious, uh, subconsciously, you know, not knowing. Right. And um, that's where I just think that is super uh, powerful and super um, useful when it comes to coaching a client, because if you can help them see this, full view picture right this is a lifestyle change right mm-hmm. but how how is it a lifestyle change how does this affect my lifestyle how does you know getting better sleep improve my you know focus at work which subsequently you know affects my relationships when i get home because of you know xyz so um just to what you were saying right like about the goals and having someone get there and stay there okay cool you don't want to progress or you don't want to do anything longer like what else have you been doing like that you know, what else do you treat like that uh, it doesn't make it negative. It just need you need you just need to be aware. Now that I'm aware, you know that, that's where the education and the application come back in, and we can revisit that. Um, but yeah, a little bit different than what you were saying about like, uh, you know, feeling a little bit guilty about yeah. being a runner and then going over and cheating on it and just being a weightlifter and going back and forth. I mean, people definitely will experience that. But health and fitness—that's why it's the beauty of it. It's the exploration of what your body can do, right? And giving people the ability to go ahead and get out and do everything, not only in the gym, but outside the gym, hikes, runs, uh, you know, I don't know, go play ding dong ditch if you want, right. And see how fast you can run. Like, like, uh, all these things, it's an exploration of what your body can do. So don't feel pigeonholed into one thing because you think it, um, creates the best results. There is no such thing. Exactly. And also we have to remember, like, our bodies are changing. Like we're constantly Mm -hmm. aging and we're getting older and, So therefore your body's what you need and like what might benefit your body the most is constantly changing. So yeah, you're specific and your body is so unique, um, which is again, why we suggest getting a coach to figure out what you need. It's Mm -hmm. also like, make sure like your coach is really transparent with you too. Cause like, if you guys have been working together for a year, maybe you guys need to do a reassessment and like go back and look at everything again and be like, okay, let's see if we need to adjust anything for like this next year. Cause we've been doing this. Let's, pivot a little bit because mm-hmm. you're constantly changing. I think that's like a big topic too, that we've like touched on over the entire thing is like 
change is a good thing um, mm -hmm. as, as long as you're focusing on it in a positive aspect. Um, but I think it's a big thing that a lot of people are scared of. Yeah, change is, I mean, it can be scary for, for, for anyone, right? We want yeah. our, our biological makeup is to remain safe and do things <laughs> that keep us safe, right? So the, I totally get that change is overwhelming at times, but this is kind of like what you and I touched on before we started the show, like, you know, you going through your clinicals and whatever the case may be, like, it just exposes you to something that you don't like, right? Uh -huh. And that makes you fine tune what you do like. And that's why I encourage people to try everything. So this way you can discover what a home base is. And if that means, you know, I weight train three days, I do spin one day and I do yoga another, like those three things don't really conflict with one another. And it helps your, you know, your uh, sustainability over time. It helps your commitment level to those things. Yeah. And I can do those consistently over time. Like this is where I encourage people like fitness is not one dimensional. It's not a deadlift. It's not a CrossFit workout. It's not just spin. It's, it's the all encompassing, um, ever growing, ever changing aspect to, to health. For sure. And changing things up like that, like you said, doing like three different styles of workouts in a week and stuff that really helps without, with like burnout and stuff. Cause like yes. if you do the same thing every day, like I said, I was running like every single day, obviously I hit a burnout point where I was like, I want to like go do weights and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that's a big thing with fitness. Like if you do the same thing every single day, or if you eat the same stuff every single day, you're going to get bored of it and you're going to resent mm -hmm. it and then burnout done. And then that's when everything puts to a hold and you got to start all over. So that's uh, keep it, keep it interesting and switch mm -hmm. things up. Yeah. And I, that's why I say develop your own home base, right? Yeah. Be, be mindful of like, you know, if you're, if you're a client again, just put it in perspective of uh, having this mindset of what is air quotes, the best, right. Or something that is, um, the, will get your results the fastest. Like those two words are, are usually what attribute to people selecting what they should be doing. Right. Like, I should be doing spin 18 times a week or I should be doing, you know, CrossFit 19 times a week, like because it's the best or it helped me get there the fastest. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Listen to your body, do other things, mix it up um, and kind of find out what you enjoy. And that will be the, the thing that you will keep doing the longest. I think there's something there to that word should. I just did an Instagram post about the word should and stuff, but like something about it gives me like a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like using the word, but it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I just went out and did, I don't know why I'm like on a running topic. I ran a half marathon, but, and then you, you just discredit all of like the good things you just said about yourself. And like, I feel like should kind of does the same thing. Um, yes. so, like, there's a whole big thing of like, Oh, I should be doing, should be drinking mm -hmm. more water, should be sleeping more. Like you were saying, but it also, yeah. it's like, I don't know. I don't love it. <laughs> well, no, no, I totally agree with you. Right. Anytime, like, again, a client meets me with a conversation in here, like I have to empathize. I have to see where they're thinking, not necessarily uh, listen to want to speak. I have to listen to just understand their point of view. Right. And I always more, more times than not, instead of give my perspective or give an answer, which I know is the answer. Um, I ask them relative to what, right. I need more context, right. I need to be drinking a gallon a day why right? like relative to what right or i should run at least you know x amount of miles a week says who relative to what what is well, let's look at the goal um and then i need to be getting this many you know workouts in like okay that sounds good i'm sure it'll add to your you know your bottom line of you know health and fitness but relative to what again right and if they can't um explain that 
then we have to break that down. We have to find out why, right? So it comes back to that. See, like should is definitely one of those like trigger words, right? Yeah. Triggered by it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's definitely like, if that person can't answer that question or that person can't um, uh, in an articulate way uh, explain why, uh, not to say that it doesn't really exist, but your idea and your perception of why you think you need to do it is probably skewed and or biased or a projection of what you've been exposed to, right? So in actuality, mm, do we need to? No, right? Um, So definitely look out for those things. Look out for the self-talk too in yourself. Like, man, like, you know, that is such a big, big thing that most people don't realize is like, the, the self-talk and the negative thoughts and so on and so forth. But that plays a super, super important role oh, in yeah. how you just make decisions throughout the day. Positive affirmations is something I use with all of my clients. And mm-hmm. like a lot of the time when we start out with them, cause like mm-hmm. first I'll just kind of go into like, have you ever even tried it? Like what, what's your thought on it and stuff. And a lot of them at first are like, well, what if I'm saying all these positive affirmations and I like don't believe them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, just keep saying them. Look yourself in the yeah. mirror and just keep saying them. Cause I said this, I know I've said this multiple times for the, y'all that listen to the podcast, but like, it's just like accepting a compliment. Like yeah. I used to reject every single compliment I got. Someone would be like, Oh my gosh, you look so pretty. I'd be like, Ugh, no, stop. Like my hair, blah, 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 or whatever. And now I'm just like, well, thank you. Like accept it, yeah. let it into your life rather than pushing mm-hmm. away all of those like mm-hmm. positive things that people want to tell you or that you want to believe about yourself. But I'm huge on affirmations. I Love it. Every morning I say my affirmations and you know what a big one is that I never really thought of, but like, I I think I saw it on TikTok or something, but literally just looking yourself in the mirror and telling yourself that you love you, like say, I love you Mm -hmm. to like myself in the mirror. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not really like an affirmation, but then again, I don't know. It's kind of weird to do it first too. So I was like, cause I'm always looking at myself, like I'm strong. I'm like, do those typical ones, but then Mm -hmm. almost like telling yourself that you love you, like you never do that. And so Try it out. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've actually been experimenting, not experimenting, but uh, I was giving a client uh, kind of like a perspective shift um, in one way. Like it's, it's along the lines of positive affirmations, but you know, have you, you trained people in person before? Like, have not you? in person. I okay. do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. Virtually too. I'm sure like you're, you've trained people and workouts are hard where they're probably kind of intense. And then you get that like complaint, but the complaint of the workout, like being tough. And I was putting it into a perspective of saying people complain uh, sometimes because they think that's a thing that they should be doing, right? Like they, they have this mindset that um, the workout is it's not impossible and sure it may be hard um, or challenging, but yeah. it's not impossible, right? So the need for a complaint uh, isn't really warranted. You just want to do it because it's the thing that I should be doing now. I, I just gave a parallel that uh, exercise exacerbates that, right? Because you're in a hard workout. Uh, at the end of the day, exercise is stress. So you're exposed to stress. Hence, I will complain about the stress that I'm facing. But then I put that parallel into what's, what's the other 23 hours of your day like, right? When you're outside of here. And imagine the amount of things that you complain about, whether out loud or in your head, when you shouldn't be, because you think you should be, right? right. So we talk about like uh, just kind of bringing this callous mindset to complaining and trying actually to actively not complain, like even in your head or even out loud. Yeah. And you know, it, like it's a challenge for people to kind of even think about, right? Like 
that's that means when you when you're when someone person like when you got somewhere to be and the person in front of you is driving super slow and you want to complain or or like somebody didn't hold the elevator door for you or somebody's now standing in your six feet bubble (laughs) that they shouldn't be standing in like you want to complain but genuinely like you just think it's what you have to be doing and unless it's like you know uh, life or death like do you need to complain? You think that like your environment kind of puts you in that position. So I challenge everyone and I was challenging, you know, all my clients this week and like, try not to complain at all. Like it may be tough. It's supposed to be tough. You signed up for tough, like do it right. Like yeah. And so uh, it's, it's along the lines of positive affirmations, right? Like, you know, telling yourself like, you know, all these good things. I say when my clients are like, you know, yelling and screaming, I'm always like, let's be great. You know, let's be great. I literally say it every session that people just kind of hate it now. Right. Like, (laughs) but um, it's one of those things that I continue to say. So uh, I challenge anyone who's listening to definitely just try that. Like, just see how little you can actually complain in a day. And then also when you actually make a complaint, ask yourself, did I need to complain about that? that? Yeah. I love that idea. I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go tell you got to tell me how it goes. It's, it's, it's for me so far. For me so far, because I've obviously been doing it. Uh, it's it's refreshing because I'm like it's almost like a check in the box. Like yes, I didn't complain about that. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. Like, well, I have finals and stuff coming up, so I'll definitely keep you updated on how that works. It's <laughs> the luck there. That might be life or death. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that might be. That could be an excuse. No, I'll do it. I'll I'll try to do that. That'll be awesome, though. I love that idea. Oh, well, that was amazing conversation. I think that's a good note to end everything on. Um, That's a challenge for you guys listening. Go try not to complain. And then positive affirmations and stuff. That's, they're they're game changers. They really are. Ever since I started doing them, my whole mindset is just like flipped. Mm -hmm. And it's like for the positive. And it's, it's amazing. And just focusing on all of those things that aren't necessarily the typical health and fitness as in nutrition and working out. Think of yes. like mindset versus things as well. Um, just one other thing that I want to throw in as a suggestion for everyone listening is journaling. Um, that's, and I think that might help me not complain throughout the day. Cause I feel like I complain to my journal a lot. Like I literally, okay. like, I word vomit in the morning and I think I try to do it too. So that I don't word vomit onto my friends and family. So it's not like I'm mm-hmm. dumping onto them. Like that's my dumping ground. And then I try to just leave it. It's like, okay, I got mm-hmm. it off my chest. Now it's over. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So try that. Maybe it might help for some people. Um, but yeah, I feel like it really just like sets everything for the day. You, you got, you got the complaints out, but maybe I'll even try to not complain in my journal. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. We're, we're going to try that. that. Sponsor break. And as you guys could have guessed, my new activewear line, Surgeon Activewear, is the sponsor for the podcast this season. Of course, right? I could not bypass this opportunity to let my own activewear sponsor my own podcast. So if you guys aren't aware yet, we are a new activewear company called Surgent. Follow us on Instagram at Surgentwear, or you can find us online at www.surgent.com. We are a brand new activewear line. And when I say our products are the best, you guys know I've worn activewear so much, so many different brands. And I, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I am obsessed with our stuff. It is buttery, silky, like literally gold. And it's like another layer of skin on top of your body. And we have so many new colors and designs coming out in the new year. Well, this year and years to come, obviously. 
But the big thing about Surgent is that we are partners with Rise Against Hunger. So if you haven't heard of Rise Against Hunger, they are a nonprofit organization that feed families in need and people in need all around the world. So in 2019 alone, they affected over 17 million families in 34 different countries. And we have partnered with them so that every product we sell equals a meal going to a family in need. And that's not just an order, you guys. That's every single product within that order. Literally by the click of a button, and you supporting us making an impact on the world. So shop Surgent, www.surgent.com. Obviously, I would love the support you guys and and I would just love to have all of the Nutrition by Lex community and everyone that listens to this podcast a part of the Surgent fam. So definitely check us out. Well, I like to finish every episode with just three fun questions about yourself. Um, and they're not hard or anything. At the, at the beginning, David was like, are you going to like leave me in the dark with all this? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so uh, the first one being that this is health and fitness. What is your favorite type of workout? So being from the military, like you have to be fit to fight. And I don't really look for working out for aesthetics. I look for it to be the most fit person in any room that I go to, right? So I like more of the workouts that are going to really challenge me mentally and physically. That doesn't mean I beat the shit out of myself, but I look for intensity in my workouts, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, long, arduous workouts, you know, they don't have to be heavy. They can be cardio-based, so on and so forth. I look at workouts that are going to challenge me, challenge me mentally uh, and physically. Hmm. Love that. Yeah, that's cool. All right. And the next one is, what is your favorite food? I told you these were easy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know what? I'm like 400 pounds on the inside. Like I <laughs> love food. Like anytime I eat a meal, actually, I'm like, wow, I love this. I can, That's your favorite. I, eat, I literally eat the same things every day. Uh, I'm a salmon and spinach guy, mm-hmm. but I'm also a steak and mashed potatoes guy. And then I love my eggs. So those three, if I could have that, that's my perfect day. But if I were going to pick a last meal, like if I was on death row, it's going to be a steak. Yeah. It's going to be a steak. Yeah. Like a porterhouse for two, but it's going to be just me just taking that down. Yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Um, and then the last question is like, what is your why? What keeps you encouraged to coach clients and do what you do every single day? What is my why? As it pertains to like coaching clients, I definitely want to be an inspiration to people. Um, I noticed the impact and the ripple effect it has when you actually change someone's life for the better and that they too can become that same ripple effect in someone else's life. So trying to force multiply myself by just doing good work, inspiring people, uh, not only with my uh, story and my um, uh, and my experience, but my services, of course, too, right? And by way of doing that, uh, they're able to go out and do that. And they're also able uh, to go out and have a better perspective or a different perspective on life just based on, you know, just pure exposure, right? Yeah. So my why is definitely to like force multiply helping people. And if that means if I can help someone and they are inspired to go help others, uh, I will go ahead and con- continue to do that. Heck yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about this topic with me. I think it was very interesting. Hopefully everyone listening got a lot out of it. Um, I know Mm -hmm. I even got some little bits and pieces out of it that I'm going to definitely start to implement into my day, including that complaint thing. So (laughs) yeah, no, it works wonders. So I'm looking forward to hearing some feedback from it. Yeah, of course. And thank y'all for listening. I will talk to y'all again next Wednesday. Bye. (laughs) 